kaume puna me hilo hele mahi kona me ko hala me hamakua he ka ele o wai pio he pola o mahi ki he uka o wai me he ava ka wai hai he kupe no kawa a o poliahu he pala mauna wa ke a hiluna pa akua hivi kiali i kawa a Oho hiya ika ana ana kue hiye 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 He vaa he moku, he moku he vaa Ano ai me ki aloha e na maka maka ho alohe Mahalo ka hui ho ana mai me mākou ma ka leo ka uluau O ka hola moana ka kākou kumuhana o keia lā Aloha to all of you who are joining us today as we continue our Kaleo Kaulua podcast journey, exploring traditional cultural practices that are rooted in place and perpetuated on Hawaii Island. In the Olelo Noeau, or poetical saying that Lei just shared, a canoe is likened to an island, which definitely speaks to our focus on sustainability. Mm-hmm. And the mele that we shared positions us on the land and reminds us of the importance of function, how each part, each piece of the collective comes together to form a va'a, a canoe, allowing us to successfully move forward together. Today we have the pleasure and the privilege of learning about long-distance voyaging. Holo moana. Get ready. Felina mai. Welcome to Kaleo Kaulua. Aloha elei. So nice to see you. Pehe oi. Mai kai. Pehe oi. Mai kai. Lei, would you please introduce our special guest? Ai, hiki no. Henani Inos is a kupa of Kaua'i, the moko of Ko'olau in Ahupua'a of Anahola. His parents are Aura Inos and Lehua Avai. Henani's family names are Kahanu, Namahoi, Ka'ai'a, Poipoi, and Avai. And his family roots are in Anahola, Hale'iwa, Papakolea, Lahaina, Waipio, and Keokaha. After graduating from Kapa'a High School, Henani furthered his studies at UH Manoa, BYU Hawaii, and UH Hilo, earning degrees in business management, fine art, computer art, and Hawaiian language and indigenous education. Henani teaches math, science, and traditional wayfinding at Kikula o Navahio Kalani Opu'u Public Charter School in Kia'o. He also teaches Hawaiian studies courses through Hawaiian language as a lecturer at Kahaka'ula Oke'elikolani Hawaiian Language College at Uechilo. He has been a member of the Polynesian Voyaging Society for the past 20 years. Henani's hobbies include drawing, painting, fishing, sailing, and replicating and teaching traditional Hawaiian hana no eau to keep our culture alive and our next generation interested in all things Hawaiian. Wow, so inspiring. Let's go over to Henani now. Aloha mai Henani. It's a pleasure to welcome you to Kaleo o Kauluau, and I'm happy to be here with one of my favorite kumu. So mahalo nui for joining us. <laughs> mahalo olu olu loa oe. <laughs> Aloha e Nani. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you. And on behalf of all of us, I can definitely say that we're really excited to learn from you. E olu olu mai, please share what you will about Holomoana traditions yeah. and anything else. <laughs> yeah, so mahalo for having me. Um, <clears throat> Na kua e, e lono ho 
Yeah, mahalo for having me. Uh, I always do that oli, uh, just calling on all of our, our ancestors, our kupuna, our akua, our makua. Uh, show us the, the right things to say, the right path to go, and the ike that uh, we need to know. So, mahalo for having me here today uh, to speak on Holomoana or uh, wayfinding, traditional voyaging. I need to start out by uh, acknowledging Maikumu, Kalepa, Babayan. Within two, maybe three weeks, it'll make a year of his passing. And so, uh, pretty much everything I know about sailing uh, came from Kalapa. And I, I need to acknowledge uh, the other pole navigators, uh, Nainoa Thompson, Bruce Blankenfeld, Uncle Shorty Bredelman, and Onohi Paishan for all the work that, that they have done for the Polynesian Voyaging, so- Voyaging Society, for myself, for all of us. Uh, in Hawaii, and then even my fellow Holokai. There's so many of them, and uh, a lot of them are actually more equipped than <laughs> uh, to be in this spot. So uh, I really am honored uh, to be here. I uh, hope I can represent all of them to the standard that, that needs to be kept. So Hokulea made 45 years, uh, March 8th. 1975 uh, was birthed uh, in the ocean in front of uh, Kualoa. I think I'll start off like we usually do uh, when we're little, we learn mo'olelo. And so there's so many mo'olelo uh, that has to do with Holomoana. And the sailing uh, between here and Tahiti, back and forth many, many times. Uh, and um, so maybe one that I'll touch on briefly is uh, Hawaii Loa. Uh, it's kind of a, a popular mo'olelo. Its name itself already uh, kind of gives us an idea of, of uh, the type of uh, mo'olelo that it is. But um, he came from, uh, he was a well-known fisherman. And so uh, he was known for his long uh, fishing expeditions, sometimes months, even up to a year long. Uh, so he traveled the ocean a lot. And on one of his uh, sailing trips uh, with Makali'i, his steersman, leading the way, they arrived here in Hawaii and they landed on this island. And so he named this island after him. And in the Mo'olelo, they also list several stars that, um, that they used to come up here. The Hoku Ho'okeleva'a, uh, which we know of today as A'a or, or Sirius, uh, the brightest star in the night sky. Uh. And they talk about Iao, uh, which is which is a planet, and they list several other stars. And so, with these stars included, along with the names of all of his uh, steersmen, 
have been handed down all of these generations and we still have all of this even till today. And so these stars are what we also use uh, when we when we travel to the Moana, the ocean today, uh, still yet. So they came here, he lived here for a while, uh, able to grow things, filled up their canoe again. They sailed back down uh, to Tahiti. Uh, went back, got his wife, got his children too. And then uh, they came back again. So this time there's more of them with the idea that they're going to stay. Uh, so uh, they followed those same stars, uh, waited for the right time to leave. And then they made the journey uh, safely over here again. And they landed uh, here in, in Hilo, Hilo Bay. And um, one of the people with him was uh, his Hanai son, Kamahualele. Um, he came up with that. Uh, he had that oli. Ea Hawaii, Hemoku, Hekanaka, you know, Hekanaka Hawaii. That was chanted. Uh, but when they arrived, uh, he had two of his younger sons, Kumukahi and um, Ha'ehae, uh, they decided to stay. So they stayed on this side of the island. And then uh, he continued. He sailed up the Hamakua coast. He went to Kohala. Then um, uh, he had one of his priests, uh, Mookini, decided to stay there. <laughs> so he dropped him off there. He continued on to Maui, uh, Honua Ula, if I'm not mistaken. Stayed there. He traveled over to Oahu. <laughs> And then other people ended up liking those places. They stayed. His his sister, uh, Makapu'u, was one of them. Mm. Yeah, and so he, he went all the way on to, uh, to Kauai. So this story shares a lot. Uh, the, not only the stars, the amount of people that were on there, all of their names, and then eventually uh, letting us know where these place names had come from. Yeah? The actual people within our uh, mo'oku'ahau or our genealogy, the genealogy of the canoe also. There was also, and he had gone back, he had gone back again several times actually to Tahiti and back again, bringing more people, looking for um, uh, spouses for his children. And so that was one story. There's another story of uh, two priests, brothers, Pa'au and Lonopele. Pa'au is the more popular one that we hear about. You know? uh, but they're also actually here in Hawaii, in uh, Waipio. And then there was a, a storm, flooding. So they left and, and they went back down to Tahiti. And then uh, there's a dispute between the two brothers. And, and it's uh, something that we see in a lot of the, the stories. And uh, Pa'au left. And so he came. And uh, he came back to Hawaii, and uh, they list several of the stars that, that he followed also. And those are also stars that we use till today. Iva um, Keli'i, which is the uh, one up here in the north. Uh, and, Cassiopeia. And Cassiopeia, yeah. yeah. And several of those stars. And um, so when he came over, he's known for bringing Kuka um, Ilimoku with him, yeah, the, the, the god of war. And uh, he landed in Puna mm -hmm. and uh, bringing over that god of uh, that uh, needed human sacrifice. Uh, they built a different type of heiau, the, the luakini, the sacrificial ones, yeah. 
Uh, so he's noted for that. Uh, in Pune, he built that first one. It was called... Um, Wahaula? Yeah. I, yeah. Wahaula. Uh, started out as Ahaula and eventually Wahaula. Yeah. And then he also moved on to um, several places. But uh, in his trip coming up, the brother had uh, tried to, to uh, disrupt his sailing. So he sent storms, uh, the southern storms, even the northern, um, the cold storms. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, he tried sending big waves. And then uh, there's the ball of Opelu and the Aku just surround his fa'a, and they helped to kind of ricochet the, the waves. Uh, he sent all kinds of things, big this big bird, I can't remember the name of it, uh, to defecate on the, on the va'a. Things just didn't work out, and he, he arrived safely. Um, but that's another story, and it also teaches us about the stars, uh, what was important, what they brought with them when they came. You know? And then uh, maybe one more, another one was uh, uh, another voyager that came over was uh, Mo'ikeha. Yeah, Mo'ikeha and Olopana. So um, Mo'ikeha is known as the, the dad. In some stories, he's the grandfather of uh, La'amaikahiki. Yeah, and so he also came up to Hawaii several times too. And, um, and then he went back again. Uh, he got his, his son, La'amaikahiki, and brought him over. Uh, La'amaikahiki also brought over his drum. And um, sailing to the different islands, he showed the drum, and he eventually ended up teaching uh, the, the type of hula to uh, um, accompany uh, the drum also. So uh, Mo'ikeha went back several times also. Um, so these three Mo'olelo, they all share, along with others, there's so many voyaging Mo'olelo, the many times that our kupuna had sailed back and forth and used this, uh, this pathway called Kiala'i Kahiki. So even uh, La'amai Kahiki, when he returned back to, uh, to Kahiki, Tahiri, uh, he, he ended up living in Maui at first, at Kahiki Nui. He named that place after his, his homeland. And then he went over to Kaho'olawe. And then uh, from there, he left to go back to Tahiri. And so that, that pathway uh, was given that name, yeah, Kealei Kahiki. And it's one that we still use today to sail back down to the South Pacific. The reason I bring up these mo'olelo is that uh, there was a time back in the mid-50s, even before that, uh, 1947, there were these two uh, Norwegian historians, anthropologists, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I know a lot of us have heard about it because uh, they had their theory about um, how Polynesia, the Pacific Ocean, actually, all of the Pacific islands got inhabited, yeah. And um, their thing was that they called us orphans of the storm. And uh, it just happened to be sailing along. And by chance, we arrived uh, to the different islands. Yeah. And even uh, Thor Heyerdahl, his belief was that we couldn't have come from uh, Southeast Asia uh, through Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, over through um, Tahiti, and then eventually um, the rest of the Polynesian Triangle. We couldn't have sailed that way towards the um, the trade winds, and so he made he built that Kontiki raft, 
and uh, just set that adrift from from Peru, and he made it. Uh, can't remember a couple months maybe, but uh, they arrived in the Tuamotu Islands. Yeah, and so his belief was that that's where uh, the us the Hawaiian Poly, uh, Polynesian people came from. Yeah. By the current. The currents, the yeah, yeah, just writing the currents, yeah. And so, in a way, we need to, I do, I mahalo these two guys <laughs> because it it, it kind of lit the fire. The catalyst. Yeah, that's what started. Um, that's part of the history of the Polynesian Voyaging Society. Yeah, and so um, Herb Kahn and Ben Finney and uh, Tommy Holmes in 1973, uh, they started the Polynesian Voyaging Society. And it was because of that, um, which those two Norwegian people had kind of just put out there for everyone to, to uh, hear and believe even, yeah. And underestimating the uh, the skills of the Polynesian uh, wayfinding people. Uh, so uh, Hokulea was then, uh, was created. Uh, Herb Kane was a, He's an artist, probably the best Hawaiian artist we'll ever have. And uh, did his research, came up with the, the drawing of Hokulea. And then uh, Hokulea was built to show that, uh, to prove that we we made, uh, we sailed with intent, knowing where we were going, how we were going to do it. There was nothing left to chance. And to prove that it was all done without any kind of uh, equipment, sextants or um, maps, charts or... Um, uh, compass. Uh, so that's kind of, I think we all know the history of, of Hokulea. And so uh, it was built, and then, like I said, uh, two weeks ago, made 45 years uh, with this, uh, launched it first out of uh, uh, Kualoa. Yeah. So, and then we know the story, Hokulea went around the world, yeah, just uh, same thing, using the stars, you know. And uh, spreading the word about Malama Honua. And then uh, in the process right now of uh, finalizing things to go again, set off on on another sail. Maybe I think it'll be about six years all throughout the Pacific. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I brought up those stories uh, because the stories, um, these stories have been told to us and handed down and... um, it all disproves also what uh, uh, Thor Heyerdahl, Heyerdahl and Andrew Sharp had said previously. Uh. Um, I'll talk about different kuleana on the va'a. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the same as it was before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we always have a, a kilohoku or a navigator, uh, the one that um, pays attention to everything around us, everything, literally everything. Uh, he's the eyes of the canoe. And then um, below him, we have the captain. The captain is pretty much the one, the kapeno, who uh, runs the operations uh, on the canoe so that the, the navigator doesn't have to worry about any of that. You know? He can concentrate. He has the, the biggest job. And so the captain, he'll uh, break up his crew, in, usually into two groups, two working groups. Yeah? So that way you have uh, half of the crew will be working the other half will rest. Uh, and then you go for about four to six hours, depending on how rough it is. And then you switch out so that you don't get too tired yeah, and exhausted. And so for the rest of the people, we have um, 
those that help move the sails around, uh, that's a lot of work too. Uh, you gotta be physically strong. Um, a lot of times you're fighting the wind, going against the wind and trying mm -hmm. to, trying to set the sails, you know, and, um, people pulling ropes, uh, and just majority of the time keeping things organized. Probably, I think after the navigator, probably the most important kuleana would be the, the cook on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, if the cook is not on it, meaning um, making sure everyone is fed at the right time, um, before we get hungry, make sure that food is mm -hmm. ready. Yeah? That morale on the canoe can really go down. Yeah, cause and we know like myself. Yeah, I get hungry. I get mad too. <laughs> Hangry. Angry, all of that stuff. Yeah, not the nicest person. So it's the same thing on the canoe. So the cook is is very important. Yeah, a lot of the food comes from what we end up catching. So we're always setting lines out there. Yeah, trolling. Uh, we catch aku, ahi, mahi mahi, ono. Uh, those are the main ones that we catch. And then uh, he'll cook it up in all the different ways that you can cook up ia. So we got variety. A lot of times you got, we lucky enough, we got enough fish coming in, yeah? So uh, we eat them raw, um, he'll fry it. Uh, even the bones, we make soup, use as much as we can, yeah? Um, so we work for about four to six hours and then uh, we sleep, there's housing there, yeah? There's, there's a canvas housing. And uh, usually we take about 12 to 15 people at a time. So it all depends how far we're going and, and who we need. So those are the different kuleana. Uh, any downtime is spent usually uh, singing, try to keep the morale up, yeah? keep people happy, uh, practice oli chants, and uh, making hana no eau. Uh, there's a lot of times people just prep different things, uh, fish hooks to make necklaces or whatever it might be. And then uh, we... we uh, we hilo or braid rope and whatever we uh, to make those different crafts. A lot of times when we land, we want to give them to those that hold keeper or uh, or take us in or welcome us like that. You know? So a lot of time is spent in that way. Now there's so many people Olelo Hawaii that um we know so much more oli and songs compared to uh, when Hokulea went down the first time. And just hearing the stories from the, the uncles on there, uh, they had no idea. Their thing was just to prove that uh, those theories were wrong and they wanted to do something Hawaiian and, and that was it, you know. Um, but now, you know, so they had ceremonies and not really know exactly what to do. Other ceremonies done all the time. So now we, we're much uh, more aware and we know how to uh, participate uh, we understand the words in the oli, the words in the songs. So there's so much more meaning to it in everything we do. There's um, the oihana holomoana or this kind of, uh, I guess you can call it a lifestyle profession maybe. Uh, there's a lot of protocol involved. So there's a lot of ceremony and it has to be done. You, know, you, you can't just copy or put it on the side because you don't know how to do it. Yeah, so we have so much people now so more equipped and knowledgeable. And so mahalo to those that started the, the Punana Leo, the Aha Punana Leo, because they're at the same time as Hokulea was uh, being built, they were in that uh, that time of um, 
trying to save our language too. And then also at the same time as Koho Olave and fighting for Koho Olave. So I think those are three huge uh, events and happenings here in Hawaii. And uh, that's why they call it the the time of the Hawaiian Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> pivotal <laughs> so, moments. Yeah, pivotal. Yeah, exactly. Pivotal moments. And um, that's why we are here today and, and we're enjoying a lot of what we enjoy. The, the knowledge that we have come from all of those people. And a lot of them are still around today, still leading uh, what's going on up at the Mauna, They're leading the, the voyaging expeditions, and they're still leading the, the, um, the language, Hawaiian language movement. And, and we're lucky where we at. And we're within, uh, we're right here in front of them too, working with them, yeah? Kumu Pila Wilson, Kumu Kawanoi Kamana, Kumu Larry, Kimura, and the others that had come and also passed on too. And when it comes to traditions on the va'a, it starts out in the mountain. Yeah, because a lot of times when people see the va'a, it's already in the ocean and you don't really see uh, that connection, but it starts out as a living thing uh, up in the mountain. Yeah, and then there's protocols that go on. Uh, when, when, when they decide on one that they think is right to become a canoe, then they let the, the, the kahuna nui or the priest know about it. The priest will go and sleep in the, in the, um, in front of the ahu or in the, um, the halemua, the place of worship. And, um, he'll have a dream. And if the dream includes someone, uh, without clothes, uh, that was his sign that that canoe wasn't, uh. Uh, that the uh, tree wasn't going to be appropriate. But if the person had on his malo, she had on her, her pa'u, um, that was a sign that um, it was it was appropriate. You know? So these dreams, not really dreams, these are visions and visitations you know, from those who already knew the Amakua and letting them know. And then he would watch, pay attention, then uh, go up to the tree, sleep there again, Pay attention to the elepayo bird, um, which is a, a, a form of the akua lea. Uh, she was a, an akua for the um, kalaiva'a, the canoe builders. And so he watched the bird, and uh, if she would peck on the tree, and then it was a sign that uh, that tree wasn't appropriate also. Yeah, it would include too many um, bugs and, and things like that. So the inside wouldn't be as strong. But if she landed and then flew away and not paying much attention to that tree, uh, that tree was strong and could make a good canoe. You know? And so it, then after that was the, uh, they go and uh, get puwa'a, hiva, or a black pig. Um, there's always red fish. Most times it's a kumu. Um, certain bananas and then also... Uh, Coconuts and the ava, and uh, they make a emu. The next day, he'll eat along with those that are up there to help to to shape the canoe, and then they will start the process of felling the tree. Uh, once it fell, there's another protocol that goes on: oli, pule, uh, things like that, before actually cutting off the the very top of the tree, and then they shape it. Yeah, there's that rough shaping that goes on. 
And then once it's ready to be hauled down the mountain, there's another uh, ceremony that goes on again. Uh, pule again so that they'll be, have a safe haul, bring it down to the uh, near the shore, yeah, to be kept in the hala of uh, uh, for the final shaping. Now, when it comes to uh, blessing and launching the canoe, there was a huge ceremony uh, because, and like even in hula, a lot of the training, uh, when you end training, there's got to be some kind of definite ending to it, uh, some kind of punny uh, to show that you've reached that, that, uh, um, that goal. I guess, yeah. So we have that in the tradition of canoe building. Uh, it's called the Ailolo. And that ceremony there, we, we cook a, a black pig again. Uh, but in this case, it's kind of kind of tricky because it has to, it, we call it a, a aukahi, or a, when it comes out, it has to be nice and smooth, the skin all intact, yeah. The skin cannot be cracked uh, because there's that saying, nakaka uh, kapua'a, um, so if the skin is cracked on the pig, uh, it symbolizes the cracking of that, the canoe hall also. Yeah. But then that saying, um, it also tells us about the um, when it's intact and then everything will be fine. Yeah. So, aukahi ka pua'a malana ka va'a, the canoe will float and, and will be all good. And so, um, I had the, they did this ceremony. Oh, let me finish the ceremony, Kalamai. So what it includes is um, eating parts of that pig. Yeah, so the brain would be uh, pieces of the brain, uh, the ears, the feet, the the nuku, the snout, and uh, uh, the tail. And that, that signified eating the whole pig, uh, the whole pig. Yeah, and then um, uh, when the canoe went out, all of the rest of the remains would be taken also. Uh, in in a woven basket, and then uh, it will be uh, we'll ho'oku'u or leave it out in the ocean. And they did this ceremony at the la the launching of Hokulea, forty five years ago. And Kumu Kalena Silva was a part of that one uh, with his Kumu Kaupena Wong, who actually did alakai that that ceremony. And so I feel fortunate because we uh, built. Uh, voyaging va'a uh, that we called Hokualakai under the Ahapunana Leo. So it was it was a canoe meant to provide another avenue uh, for the language to to live. Yeah. And so we did the same ceremony and Kumu Kalena Silva was was there and to help us and Kumu Larry Kimura um, guide us in, in how to do it. And I was one of the fortunate ones <laughs> that uh, was in charge of the emu. <laughs> oh, so talk about stress and making sure <laughs> that that pig stayed intact. Because uh, that was the very first time. Because usually when you do the emu, you want it to crack. You want it uh, to just everything to just fall off. Yeah. So this is this is really really different. And uh, uh, the future of the canoe actually <laughs> was in the hand, no our hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, fortunate. <laughs> Uh, but it was. I'm glad I was a part of that ceremony. Got to see um, those that sat in the circle and took part in in that ai lolo, yeah. and then uh, where they would become lolo or or experts uh, in traditional sailing. Yeah. And um, so today uh, we have so many va'a now. So after hoku hokulea, we had Hawaii loa, and then makali'i. 
And then now we have so many. Um, Kauai has their, uh, Namahoe, uh, Maui has theirs too. A um, couple of them. Oahu. Oh, yeah, so pretty much uh, the major islands, they all have canoes now. Big ones and small training ones. Yeah, so all a, a product of um, Hokulea and the work of those visionaries, Herb Kane, them, um, that started this this whole thing. So as I had mentioned, the revival of the Hawaiian language, um, getting back Kanaloa, uh, Koholave, and all of the sailing, they're all tied in uh, by the, all of these leaders with that same idea of having a mana'o that is pa'a, that they, what they really believe in and going after it, making sure um, that it gets done. There's there's no excuses. It has to get done. It has to. So now with all of these canoes, uh, with the different uh, emergent schools also, and um, the people doing their work on Kaho'olawe, where do we go from here? Uh, how do we uh, keep this uh, these canoes, canoes, these uh, different canoes going, uh, staying on the right path and fu- and continue on fulfilling the, the goals yeah so uh, which in the end is sustainability yeah so when it comes to canoes a lot of it comes down to uh, the perspective um, so training um, new crew members and which is which is going on which is has always been going on and also, Introducing our younger keiki uh, to this type of uh, um, I don't know, activity. I don't know what the correct word is, but... Um, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a lifestyle. So the pers- one of the perspectives on the va'a is that uh, to mahalo what we have. So like, for instance, here, in, especially in the Hilo side, yeah, sometimes the rain can be so much... And we grumble about the rain. <laughs> I worry about my hair getting all wet. You know? <laughs> but on the canoe, uh, the rain, like we like the rain because at times uh, it gives us fresh water. Yeah. So we put our buckets out underneath the sails and we catch all of that water. It gives us fresh water to drink. It gives us that shower, uh, that water so that we can, we can shower and get the salt off. You know? um, the canoe is very, very small. 60 feet, the length is 60 feet, but the deck is shorter than that. It's almost 20 feet wide. And when you think of 12 to 15 people within that space, that's that's not much, you know. So we have that saying, hemoku um, heva'a, heva'a, hemoku, yeah. The, the canoe is an island and the island is a canoe. It's, it's one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's small, meaning that um, there's limits. Yeah. Uh, limits to the resources, you know. So the good thing about uh, the perspective on the canoe, you understand that those resources are limited. You know that you need you ration the water that you drink, yeah, the space too. So you make sure that uh, everything you do, you're always conscious of the rest of the crew, because when you sail for a long time, um, if if you're not there for the right reasons, you can start to get irritated at every little thing that goes on, you know, and everything that is said. So, um, mahalo and aloha uh, are, are huge on the va'a. 
Yeah. Aloha in the sense that um, it's not hard because everyone, each crew member has kuleana. Yeah. So when you have kuleana, you're important. Because if you don't do it, then someone else is going to have to do it or they have to do more than two jobs. And so it becomes a burden. Yeah. So everyone is important. And it's the same thing here where we at here um, from our kupuna all the way down to to our our babies uh, for our future everybody is important yeah so we need to aloha and mahalo everybody and take care of everybody so our resources like it said the canoe comes from the uh, from the mountain it comes from the land yeah and so they say um, they call it a kumulau koa when they see all of the va'a uh, mm. out in the bay like that yeah it's, it's a, just a forest of of koa trees uh, teaching our teaching our children to be aware of their surroundings. This is a hard time right now. Uh, trying to teach them that because you got all of these different um, gadgets that they can use. Yeah, with technology. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they're so focused on that little thing in their hand or on their desk that uh, they don't notice things that's going on around. Not even in their own bedroom, you know. So the canoe makes you aware of nature and so in being sustainable we need to be uh, one with nature so we cannot protect nature and nurture nature if we're not familiar with it yeah Mm. so that's one thing that i really work on with my students is uh, uh, try to get them outside uh, and love the land yeah so you need to learn about the land. You need to learn the system of how things grow. Because when you understand that, and then the tie from uh, the relationship from the highest mountain peak, Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa, all the way down in, into the oceans and beyond. Uh, once you understand the whole system, then you're going to love it. And then you know how to take care of it. You know? But if, if you don't understand it, you don't know how to take care of it. You know? And if you don't love it, then there's no reason to take care of it. So um, I think the, the va'a is probably the best, I think, teaching tool out there mm-hmm. because you're learning. You can prep all you want, but you're still learning pretty much uh, as as you go along. Um, you can predict as much as you can and prepare, but you just never know what um, Mother Nature is going to um, provide for us, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mahalo. Some of the things you mentioned as far as being on the va'a um, is everything is with intention. You you can try and prep, but you don't know, like you said, what is going to happen. But it teaches mindfulness and then this idea of kilo or to be observant so that you are building those relationships with the elements. You are building the relationships with the kai and with each other and Ava'a is a small place to be. You think it's pretty big when you see it out on the ocean, but when you <laughs> set foot on the pola, it's not <laughs> it's not that big. And so um, you have to be aware all the time of what's going on around with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really good point with the keiki. And it's not just keiki because adults oh, too yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, because... For a lot of us, we kind of lost that connection, yeah? Mm-hmm. We lost mm-hmm. that connection. It's part of the history. 
but we know that history doesn't have to repeat itself, you know. So once we are aware of it and we understand the, the importance of it, you know, then there, there's our kuleana again uh, to share it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, once you know, you cannot avoid it anymore. You Can't cannot go <laughs> You cannot go back. You, your eyes are open and then you either handle your kuleana or you don't. And so that's, I think that's a struggle for everybody every day. Something we work on every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know another perspective on the on the canoe is that um, the ocean we don't see it as a as an obstacle, yeah, that separates the the land. It, we see it as a pathway. That's our that's our bridge there, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's a different kind of perspective, but it brings people together, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you build the relationship on the va'a with with your crew, your family there. Anytime you land, you start to build relationships there also, yeah. So now we have friends all around the world now, and especially throughout the Pacific. Everyone's all connected now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we build those relationships. And then it's easier to talk about malamohonua and, and, and taking care of our kuleana because we all have the same, uh, the same belief. Yeah. Yeah, and we all want a better world, you know, for all of us. And mm-hmm. especially for our keiki, our mo'opuna, and everyone that's coming after us. Yeah, and, and with the Malamahonua tour, it it showed us what each place is going through because even though our resources might be different, we still have to look at it the same way as far as being responsible and how we uh, inhabit the spaces that we do and use the resources that we have. And then moving forward with um, how, you know, in the... Before time, the canoes were made out of koa, but what are some of the things that are happening moving forward and trying to malama those resources? Uh, different ways of building, maybe, different ways of managing, different materials. Um, Hopefully we can go back to having koa canoes, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been planting for years now, yeah, we're trying to build up the forest again, yeah. Oh, my you know, you know I think uh, one thing that, it was so important with our kupuna living in the ahupua'a. Uh, they, we had that saying, yeah, ko kulauka, ko kulakai. Um, we have those from the uplands and we have those from, from the seaside. And um, they survived through each other, yeah. Those in the uplands had access to certain resources, plants that those down at the sea didn't have and vice versa. So... It's the same on the canoe. Um, everyone had their kuleana. They had their vaivai or their, their importance um, to the whole family, to the whole ahupua'a. You couldn't survive with, without each other. It's the same thing on the canoe. We need everybody. Huh? And so that's the kind of perspective we need, I, I think, to move forward. Because yeah, I think when we see that everyone is important, especially us as individually see ourselves as important to the system, or to the you know that the lifestyle, then we know we have that kuleana, yeah, and we don't want to let our family down. So we're gonna hold, uh, we're gonna um, fulfill and and do our responsibilities, yeah. Yeah. So those are, I think, uh, <clears throat> like I said, the the va'a is, is such a wonderful place to learn. Um, whether you're on land or you're on the va'a, it, it's it's all the same. Uh, there's no difference. Limited resources that need to be take care of, taken care of, mm-hmm. uh, nurtured, and and so that it would flourish. Um, 
that it'll always be there. We want the canoes to always be there. We want the language to always be here. We want our lands to be here in our hands. All of this. Yeah. Mahalo. Mahalo. We've learned so much from um, the folks like you that are are part of this movement with the Va'ab. We've mm-hmm. we've learned it's it start it may have started as a va'a, it may have started with um kanema, but so many things have sprouted from this. And when we look one thing I know that um is happening is like the foods that are bring being brought with the new voyages as far as the keiki are helping to grow them and then they learn the process of canning so that mm-hmm. you guys can have sustenance out there. Beyond ia, you know, like there's just so many yeah. different aspects that tie into the va'a. Yeah, polole, makali'i them are doing good things out there with the land and prepping yeah, the, the food, the food storage uh, for sailing. We've been doing it with um, hokulea also. So, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So for those folks who are listening, um, are there particular things that they could ways that they could connect to um holomoana traditions today like um like what you folks are describing the growing the food that actually goes out on the voyages um goes out on the canoes or even um i was just thinking like are there observations that people in hawaii should be making just in of their environments that would that kind of pertain to you know voyaging traditions are there stars that people should pay attention to um particular winds or birds or anything that might actually like kind of connect them with this tradition there's all of this and then uh and that takes years and years of observation but um these are all signs that help us to predict and then to prepare for the future yeah so we can this good question because you can start out just individually just observing around you everybody's Ahupua'a or their moku, even their mokupuni is different, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it unique and um, um, to each person. But when you start to observe, like really observe, and you and you find relationships where you, you see something, maybe birds fly, a lot of birds flying in a certain direction, then you you also pay attention to what kind of uh, um, effect it has. What, what are you going to see within maybe later that day or even the next day or, or within the week? And then you can piece it together. That's that relationship that you saw, yeah? Or certain clouds that you saw at certain times, um, how fast they're moving. All of these little observations of, of things that people can do it within their own lives. Um, we do it all the time on the canoe, but if people start to do it, um, we don't even need to end up looking up what the weather is going to be like tomorrow, you know, because we had done our observations already. We did our homework. Mm -hmm. So everyone can do it for their own benefit. And then, of course, it'll lead to the benefiting their family as you pass that knowledge on. And then the community Mm -hmm. and then the lahui all together. Yeah. So we can put down our devices, go outside (laughs) at least 10 minutes, you know, different times of day and go check it out. Yeah. Keep oh. it going. You know, my own family, sometimes they get tired of me. Yeah, dad. I, yeah, yeah. We saw it. We saw it. No, come here. You didn't see it. <laughs> Things like that with the moon and the stars. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. But yeah, all the, all of the signs are out there. Yeah. 
we need to recognize those signs. Yeah, but it comes with practice. We have mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, makahana ka ike. That's the only way. But like I said, when you observe, you need to pay attention to the the result uh, in nature. Yeah, the change in in different things, so you can piece these together. And then you you look for those uh, uh those cycles. When you see that same birds flying again, mm-hmm. uh, then you kind of you can start to see. Oh, okay, I kind of know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's a good way of getting in touch with nature. Yeah, and then uh, like I said previously, we we'll start to aloha uh, nature, mahalo nature, and then we'll take care. Yeah. Oh. Mahalo nui. Mahalo. Oh, yeah. Mahalo nui to our meakipa, Henani Inos. We are so grateful for what he shared about the cultural practice of Holomoana. Aye, we learned how important it is to think of the collective when voyaging on a relatively small va'a on the vast ocean because you can't pull your canoe over to fill up when you want. You must be mindful of each other's needs as well as developing and maintaining pilina because you are relying so heavily on each other to make it to your destination. That further extends beyond the va'a and onto our island when we think of community and resources as well. Then by extension, even out to the honua worldwide. Yes, and all that he shared can be thought of in terms that are both personal and global. For more details, you can check out our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash as well as on Facebook and Instagram to learn more. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Mahalo for listening to Kaleo Kauluau. Until next time, Ahuiho. Ahuiho.